Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So, as always, once again, I'm sorry, guys, I found yet another new guest co-host. Uh, it just gets hard after three years, seriously. I, I, you just can't run out of people to meet, especially virtually online. So, let me give you some skinny on uh, today's podcast. We're going to lean more towards the business demographic. This guy might know a few things about entrepreneurship and uh, helping other businesses, but let me give you a little quick skinny on the guy. He's scaled a very small service company with zero employees to over 60, went from 8K a month to get this a half mil a month. That's right, 500,000 people in less than six seasons. I'll let him expand on that keyword of seasons. That's a big thing in the business world, depending on your business. And he is passionate about creating company culture where employees can thrive. And I'm very big on that nowadays. I believe all businesses, if you're trying to survive in the modern age, better know how to really tie your people into your purpose and help them thrive with you. So without further ado, shout out to Tom and his wife for hooking us up. Uh, well, Brandon Vaughn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Scott. Pleasure to be here. So uh, again, I just I love plugging Tom because there's like now three different, uh, I'm calling them podcasting PR agencies. What would you like to call those guys? I don't know. What do you feel? Concierge. Concierge. Podcast Ooh, concierge. Nice. Podcast concierge. Yeah, Tom's a, Tom's a rock star, man. I've loved working with his team for yeah. sure. Well, I, I was just telling you before we started up the show that uh, he and I finally got to meet in person at the Growth Now Movement. And uh, I forget, he's where is he? Michigan? Yes, I yeah. believe so. So so he he, uh, he and his wife drove, I think they drove in. I don't know if they flew in. They might have drove it. They might have driven into Pier. And the event was in Reading, Pennsylvania, which is about 45 minutes west of Philadelphia and about 45 minutes southwest of me here in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So... Uh, it was great to finally you know, uh, press the flesh, so to speak, and uh, and network up and connect in person. So uh, I'm sure, I guarantee you, they'll probably be listening to this show, so they'll appreciate that warm fuzzy. Hey, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Tom and his wife, uh, Karen, right? Karen? Yeah, Karen. Are awesome. Because cool. I, I get her emails all the time. It was Tom in the beginning, and now pretty much it's all her. <laughs> nice. They, they got a little yeah, power couple been, going. Uh... They, I think that the coolest thing about it is, is how many different people you start connect with that you've never met before, never even heard, even existed. Yeah. And then you meet them and you're like, how have we not been connected all these years? We work in either the same space or very similar in the same space. Uh, I think that's one of the coolest things about this podcast gig is uh, being able to connect with just tons and tons of different people. Well, that's what I've enjoyed about it. I mean, I, I got into podcasting. Well, here's fun. Let's, uh, how long ago did you f stumble across podcasting? You know, it's interesting. My I stumbled across podcasting. Uh, let's see, it's been about three years ago. Um, my okay. now business partner, I listened to his podcast for the first time, and it's actually what connected me on my entire business journey. This next chapter of business journey, it started literally from a podcast episode that I listened uh, on to him. Okay. Now, are you referring yeah. to Josh Latimer? I am. Uh, yeah, you know Josh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've, uh, I've, you know, I research you guys. I go through the background and I see you got some connections and, <laughs> and I remember seeing his name. You guys call some like the business boot camp or something like that, or you guys have one of those things going on. Yep. Yeah. He put together a business boot camp for service business owners several years ago. Um, massive game changer in the industry, especially in the service business space. And uh, it was actually pretty cool because uh, when I found Josh, it actually stemmed from 
me hearing that he grew his business, sold his business and moved his family to Costa Rica, which is almost <laughs> word for word, exactly what my family's goal was to grow our business, sell it and move to Costa Rica, like same place. Oh, nice. So when I heard his podcast episode for the first time, that's what kind of turned me on to not only podcasting in general, but, uh, you know, kind of immediately connect with him and then subsequently all these other amazing people. Now his podcast is a uh, quick talk, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Quick talk podcast. So yep. Qu- shout, check out, it out. shout out to Josh quick talk yeah. podcast. And you guys have that actually promoted on your, actually, I'm going to go right in some video sharing because we do this for YouTube. Uh, you guys actually have that plugged on your site, uh, automate grow right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah actually, Josh's podcast is on there. there. There he is, right? <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Josh. So uh, yeah. again, to the listeners who don't watch video, if you ever want to, this will be on, obviously the Live the Fuel YouTube channel. Uh, but I'm just showing obviously the website, and you guys got like a rotating banner. And uh, actually, what really connected me on you guys was the fact that you guys know what Basecamp is, uh, because <laughs> I've worked on a few projects where they had the entire uh, basically project management protocols were built on the Basecamp system. So uh, there you go. so I have I have some clients who prefer Basecamp. I prefer Trello. Uh, my other mm-hmm. client, we do everything in Salesforce because she's a, uh, a sales representation firm, so she lives in that. So yeah, it's crazy. So very cool, love it. Yeah, we're actually in the process of doing a complete site redesign is. right now. Quick talk, um, completely overhauling. Yeah, there you go. There Quick you talk go. podcast. Little plug, little love. Quick talk podcast, people. So let's let's finish plugging him. What do, what would you say? What would you sum him up on there? What is his? What is the whole? synopsis of his show that you got out of it when you stumbled across it besides Josh Costa Rica. Probably one of, <laughs> he's probably one of the most passionate service business owners I've ever met. Um, he's all one of the reasons why we connected so heavily is he's really big into um, entrepreneurial family systems mm-hmm. and family systems was a r- really incredible topic that, you know, I'd always kind of, I never really put into perspective of taking business system principles and applying them to the family. And uh, he's a really big proponent of that. In fact, he's actually launching uh, a company called Honor and Fire that's specifically for entrepreneurial families and creating family systems. And um, but does he already have some branding out on that? I What's feel, that? I feel. Does he have any branding already out on that or pages up on Honor and Fire? I feel he like I just I've seen launched it. it. Yeah, I just launched it. I think July first is when it's uh, actually going live, or when the program's going live. But the site's already up and I up could and have going. sworn he might already have something up, like in the Facebook world, because yep. I might be already it, following it. It's a pretty killer video. If yeah. you ever get a chance to watch his video, it's pretty awesome. This was in my news feed this morning. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I'm going to share. There we go. I, I knew. I was like, Honor and Fire. Yeah, there it is. It's on Facebook. So, yeah, there yeah, it goes. Uh, because I saw this graphic. <laughs> you, when none of your friends <laughs> want to talk business and, and this kid's veins are popping out of his neck and his head, I love it. <laughs> I was cracking up this morning. So, yes, I and I <laughs> honor and fire, ladies and gentlemen, already up on the Facebook. Uh, so, obviously, yes, it's fresh. It's He's new. a rock star. And uh, I like it. Yeah, honor and fire family systems for busy entrepreneurial families. And I, I like that because obviously, whoa, he's got a lot of kids. He's wow. got, yeah, he's got five of them. He's a, he's an expert kid maker, as he says. I've got zero. <laughs> I'm your exact opposite of that. I respect you guys who want to do the family babies thing. Uh, my wife and I want to be the, the cool aunts and uncles when we get to enjoy that short-term embracement. Yep. And then as yep. soon as it gets annoying, we just back away. 
<laughs> yeah, I respect that. I completely respect and understand that. And that's a very needed role because you got to have the cool aunt and the cool uncle. To well, be able you to guys can sure. tag off. Like if we're all yeah, doing, right. if we're all hanging at the family compound or house or whatever people got going on, like we, we kind of like tag in and out, we, you know, ebb and flow. And, yep. uh, and it allows a little bit of, um, you, you give you guys like five, 10 minutes of transition so you can go focus on gr- right. grilling or making a drink for yourself or whatever your thing is. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, hand, I, hand them all back. I'll hopped up on sugar. That's yeah. uh, that's a, that's an uncle's signature move. You, you could promise <laughs> that I would not do that. I am Mr. Anti-sugar. So I am the, hey. I am the boring uncle. So <laughs> live the fuel, right? Live the fuel. That's it, man. This, this body, I, I just donated blood before, before I got back here. So that's why I'm still taped up. Um, nice. it's funny because like every time I donate, I'll go in, this is a new, uh, let me say this right. Phlebotomist. They're not nurses. Phlebotomist, mm-hmm. uh, that do all the, I go to a blood donating center every eight weeks. Boom whole blood every time there's your little tip ladies and gentlemen you can donate whole blood every eight weeks so uh i, I call it getting an oil change <laughs> and uh but anyway so it's funny because like they'll, they'll test you like oh do, do you know do you know donate get around i've never donated no, no huh? never done it no. never got the needle no. jammed in the arm never it's it's a, it's a pleasure <laughs> <laughs> depend depending okay. on the experience of your phlebotomist um yeah it can be a pleasure so anyway, no, this woman, Dawn, she was a sweetheart. She said she's normally in their like mobile donation mobile. So I've never, I've never worked with her. And, and she was just like, wow, your blood pressure is, is amazing. And I said, yeah, you should see my, you know, cause like when you get done donating, it's, it's kind of like getting a quick uh, health analysis because within a couple of weeks, you get a card back in the mail that shows your just basic cholesterol analysis, the iron content of your blood and everything else just saying, Hey, you know, here's where you're at in case you want to go in and do a deeper dive with your medical professional. Um, but I, mine cool. are, mine's like off the hook because I live no sugar. I live no grains. I quit beer years ago. I'm that guy. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So kids don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have endless energy. Gluten-free, have, gluten-free treats and, yeah. and, uh, granola bars. I'll give you some jerky. Bars. You know, you want some jerky? Yeah. yeah. I'll be like the, you know, meat sticks and jerky guy. Uh, Eggs and bacon, been, you know. We've been trying to do the same thing with our kids too. Trying to keep them off that refined sugar. It's a fair. Listen, your kids. How old are your kids? Twelve and nine. Okay, so do, are, do they still get the roller coaster ride? Because like I feel like these kids, man, it's like up down, oh, up yeah. down, up down. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it does. It's linked a lot to diet. That's for sure. Oh yeah. If, if we can, we can see a direct. I think it's interesting. I mean, not to rabbit hole too much, but I think it's interesting how there's just there seems to be a a crazy higher percentage of people who are gluten intolerance. And I'm sure you probably talk a lot about this in your show, but mm-hmm. I mean, links to autism and everything else. I, I know there's so much changes have happened in the diet world. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, families, autism, but. any of these autoimmune diseases are all uh, triggered from inflama- inflammation. And yeah. a lot of the mental triggers are actually due to the fact like quick little hack for your rabbit hole is that 80% of your brain tissue on average is fat cells, fat tissue, Right. Brain tissue is fat tissue. So if you cut healthy fats out of your lifestyle, you're basically starving your brain. Makes sense. Think about it. Yeah, that's perfect. And actually Hmm. fat biologically is the preferred fuel for your body's furnace. So like right now um, in three, maybe four, yeah, just under four weeks, July 20th, I'll be completing my first 100 mile mountain biking race, not road biking, mountain biking in the wilderness of Pennsylvania. Uh, so I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm a ketogenic athlete. I've been 
taken almost two and a half years to get to this point to get my body reprogrammed to do what it's naturally supposed to do. Uh, but the last few weeks, I've done some charity rides on a road bike, not a mountain bike, like 60 plus miles rides on nothing but olive oil and nut butters. So, man, yeah. you're making me feel bad now. Nah, man, it's okay, I got to step my game. <laughs> hey, we all have different <laughs> lifestyle choices. I'm the, the fire in the logo. I'm the extreme guy to fire people up. And then you there just you, you take what you want out of it. I, if I can inspire or motivate a few people to do something different and challenge themselves, that's what we want to get out of it, right? And this comes into the business world. This is what you and your partner are doing, right? You got to get people out of their comfort zones. It's true. Yeah, it's one of the things that Josh, I think, is especially good at is uh, being able to inspire people to take action. He always is talking about, you know, take massive action. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's especially true in the business world. You have to be surrounded by a community of people that share the same values, the same ethics, the same why as you. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, me personally, I'm not a huge fan of the, you know, 10x grind hustle. It's worth it. A little Grant Cardone no. plug there. <laughs> yeah, personally not. I wasn't dropping any names. You dropped the name. I did. I'm just I, you said 10x, man. Come on. <laughs> I, I, you yeah, think I, I don't know these brands? Basically dropping a name. Yeah. Well, you and I were um, talking about uh, Thrive Make Money Matter earlier, and Grant has spoken there the past two years. So, yeah, I, I know Grant from there. So. And, he, and yeah, he's, hey, I, he's well known in the sales front. He came from the car world. Those guys mm -hmm. know how to push and sell. They're aggressive. Let's give them. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But I agree with you. But it's got to fit the. It's got to fit your personality. And mm -hmm. I love the fact that you just plugged on something. I want to pause on this. You plugged on the why. And I think that ties back to when we gave you know kind of threw your bio out there about you know creating passionate you know uh, companies, cultures, etc. By the way, if you mm -hmm. hear any thunder in the background, like there's a big storm slamming my house right now. So, Is it really? Yeah, I don't do hear, hear anything. That? Oh, because yeah. I hear it in my headphones. So but <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, there's like a storm cell moving right over. And there was no, there was supposed to be no rain today. So, uh, nice. but I have some, I have backup power uh, cell on my internet. So I, my internet cannot go down, supposedly. There you go. So we'll yep. see what happens. Anyway, let's keep rolling. Passionate. Why? Why is why important? Um, I mean, really, when most people start up their business, it's fueled by their why. The first step that they take says, hey, you know what? I want to be my own boss. I want to have my own freedom, whether it's time, money, family, uh, you know, be able to spend more time with the family, improve their health, whatever that looks like. That's usually the first thing that fuels that uh, you know, first step, the step to jump off the cliff and say, Hey, I'm going to build this plane on the way down. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the thing that I think is kind of sad is that in people in pursuit of that freedom, they end up forgetting their why and they end up forgetting or feeling like they can never actually achieve their why. It's always this thing that's just a little bit out of their grasp. And rather than having like one boss, they answer to now they answer to hundreds of bosses, which are their customers, and they jump through all kinds of hoops and, you know, end up becoming a slave to their business very quickly. And so I, that's one of the things that Josh and I really love to do is we love to take a look and say, Hey, what's that original reason why you did that? And let's try to put that back as the focus and let that fuel you to implement, automate, systemize, do whatever you need to do to kind of realize that why again. So, so important in a business. Well, and let's 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 be fair to there's there's going to be entrepreneurs and, and up and coming side hustle gurus as I like to call it, uh, because we all start with the side. A lot of us start with a side hustle. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, I love sure. the fact you went there because I mean, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, but I saw the struggle. I saw my dad go through a couple of bankruptcies. I mean, mm -hmm. he he to this day never built a system, so the business mm -hmm. is completely dependent on him. 
He's a true solopreneur. So at 70 years of age, it's still just him running his business. So I have concerns, obviously, for him and my mother. <laughs> but he's we old, have a very he's, similar family story. He's old school, my man. My dad is the exact same way for you know thirty three plus years. Yeah, and my younger brother's doing the same thing. He finally they, they got tired of fighting, and so he finally spun off his own version of what my, my so basically I grew up in farming, and mm. uh, my father is a nowadays is really more niched into uh, or, organic cattle brokering. So basically, when farmers get ready to get rid of their you know or cycle out their herd. They just call him, and then instead of waiting to get a check from a market or a slaughterhouse, my dad knows all that, so he just buys the animals, and then he decides what to do with them. So he's the broker. So uh, smart, past couple of years, smart for him to finally niche himself on the organic side because it's really taken off. Anyway, so my all brother right. decided to start his own version. So my brother has his own version, and he still claims that he's doing things differently and better, but it's still 100% dependent on him. Mm-hmm. And... Now, to be fair, my, my branding and marketing and sales uh, consulting agency that I've been building is mostly me, but mm-hmm. I've been building back-end systems with VAs. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have an actual employee team. I have VAs, which is still yep. a system. Absolutely. I have yeah, everything, is, sure. everything is being architecturally built in my Trello back-end, and then I plug in the VAs where I see fit that I want to have them automate. So I'm actually moving a client right now with all their social media marketing. The, the basic day-to-day processes, I'll be able to say, great, this VA now runs all that. And then I just sit there as a puppeteer and make sure everything is all good. So would that right. be an example of how you guys try and help people understand that whole AGS model, the whole automate, grow, sell? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, my my background, I, I came from um, you know my father owning a window cleaning company hmm. for 33 years. And he was the owner operator, the guy behind the squeegee, behind the glass uh, for 33 years. And uh, he had a bus factor of one. So the bus factor is how many people in your company need to get hit by a bus. There you go. Before your business ceases to exist. And for him, it was just one. Yeah. And uh, 2011, that metaphorical bus hit him in the form of heart disease. Wow. Uh, now he had low blood pressure, low cholesterol, super fit. Hmm. Um, but stress was the killer in this instance. Cortisol is real, man. Cortisol has yeah. a major impact on our lives. One thing was fascinating is the doctor actually said that um, it had caused, caused micro tears mm-hmm. in the interior linings of his veins yeah. that clogged regular amounts of cholesterol that flowed through his, yeah. his blood system, and that's what caused those clogs. Yeah, people don't realize uh, that cholesterol is actually an essential cellular building block of your body. So if you actually right. tried to cut all the cholesterol out of your nutrition – your body will actually manufacture it itself. People don't realize yeah. this. So most heart heart problems where vessels get plugged up aren't, in your dad's case, micro tears. But think about this. Sugar and grains trigger inflammation. And I'm speaking on behalf of scientists that I've interviewed. So they inflame the the, the blood vessel wall. At, or in your case, you know, he's torn. Well, then now the larger part, if you have a larger particle of cholesterol, it gets stuck in the inflammation or in your father's case in the tears. But it's mm-hmm. even though it's different, it's the same. It, it, cholesterol yeah, it wasn't sense. the problem. It was the trauma to the in, inner walls of our blood vessels. Yeah, just, that just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, it, I mean, it, it, it hit him. Wow. It hit him, like a, hit him like a brick wall and it was basically faced with, okay, it's time to shut the business down. Whoa, you know, there's no he, way he went full shutdown? Wow. He had to. Yeah. I mean, he, he had at the time, um, he had one helper employee mm-hmm. 
Um, but the helper didn't know how to run anything without him. Oh, he never uh, trained him on the operations. No, uh, it all, it all lived up in his, in his brain. Mm. So I actually, at the time I was doing something else, but I had worked with my dad as a helper for several years, uh, 2012, when it was kind of like faced with closing up. Mm -hmm. Um, that's when I actually, I bought the business from my dad. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. He, he needed to retire and he couldn't work physically anymore. The doctor told him no more arms over the head, lifting more than 20 pounds. Like you're just kind of done ladders, buckets, squeegeeing. It's finished. Okay. And that's what kind of led, uh, you know, led me to start growing the business and seeing, okay, I kind of became obsessed with that bus factor. How, how can I make it to where if something happened to me tomorrow, the business would still continue to exist. Yeah. How could I train my team, delegate to my team and extract that knowledge? One of the funnest things at the very beginning was all of my dad's customers that he had all this really special knowledge about how the job had to be done. Mm -hmm. You know, special keys under the mat, uh, back door needed to be locked up. Make sure you don't let, you know, sprinkles out the side yeah. door when you, you know, go into the garage, like all these like weird random details. So one of the first systems that we actually kind of put together was extracting all of that knowledge out of his head and getting into a format to where anyone on our team, including myself. You can do that you know, on a basic realize. spreadsheet. I mean, Excel, yeah, exactly. Microsoft it wasn't Excel. complicated. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's one of the things that we encourage business owners to do. Even if, even if currently you're in your business and you are the linchpin, you got to do that work. Um, next time you do something that is a core system in your business or a core process that currently you're the only one that does it, mm -hmm. get a screen recording software, hit record, and just talk into the camera as you do something, because then when the time comes when you are ready to hire that position or something happens to you and a spouse or someone else, another employee has to come in and, you know, worst case scenario, do something with the business. They have all of that available to them to where the business could continue to exist. You wouldn't lose all that, you know, that beautiful asset that you've created over years and years. That makes sense. Now, so was that the, uh, the all clean business? The yes. Year? Yep. Now, did you yeah, that was all just to, not to fast forward the story, but did you end up selling that company then once you built it all into a system? I did. Yeah. Just last, uh, just last year we had, um, an offer of, of someone that you know, my wife and I about three years ago, we had made a pact that we would grow it to a place and then we'd actually sell the business and, you know, go move, do some, you know, awesome epic things with our family. And, uh, we ended up getting an unsolicited offer and it was a good offer and mm -hmm. we, we took it and had a nice exit from it. Well, again, isn't that the master plan? I tell people all the time, like, from a business coach I learned from years ago, they said there's two kinds of business you're building, a legacy business that you'll never sell or right. a, you know, something that is you're building it to be sold and then you're going to, you know, flip into another business. <laughs> yeah. Every, every business, no matter what it is, you have to have an exit plan, whether it's you dying, the business going bankrupt, you mm -hmm. passing it on to the next generation, you selling it, you're going to exit out of the business eventually. Yeah. So, you know, thinking about that and kind of planning for it uh, can make a huge difference. And one thing that was interesting is while we were kind of going through that process of getting the business ready to sell, mm -hmm. it actually made me want to keep it ah. <laughs> kind of, you know, towards, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you're about ready to sell your house and you're like, you know, we're going to do this smooth wall texture on our plaster and we're going to get, you know, all the trim all caulked and we're finally going to get this done and then paint the outside. And, and then you sit back and you look at it and you're like, dang, this, uh, this house is pretty sweet. We're kind I'm of at that point, it. you know, I were joking around about my walls earlier, but I mean, yeah. this, this, we've already yeah. planned that this house will become a, a rental property. So it's like, we're at that point now where it's like, okay, do we really dump any more into this or that? 
because we could just put that into our our actual home next. You know, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of tug of war there. It's like, where do you call, where do you draw the line? Um, yeah, because there, there is a period like, of perfectionism that comes in, right? Oh my, yeah, my goodness, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, it does. I mean, it, the at the end, the last you know six months, especially uh, before I fully exited out of the business, um, the whole purpose of the game was this business needs to run 100% without me as the owner because that's what the new owners needed, yeah. you know? So the process to build a business to sell it or build a business to keep it and have it be turnkey and kind of run without you is the exact same process. So if that's what your ultimate strategy is, either to sell it or to keep the business where it's not solely dependent on you, it's the exact same steps. That's actually what I've been doing for one of my clients. I mean, she used, I used to actually be an employee of hers when I moved back from living out in West to help her start the company. Oh, cool. And then I eventually moved myself into a contractor role. Um, but one thing I've always talked to her about, I'm like, I was like, you know, we, we need like this business is you. So I was like, the value is you. So if you ever want to evaluate your company, it all falls back to you. So there is no value because I can't right. unplug right. you from the system. So right. for the past couple of years, I've been working on, you know, building systems for her, building back ends, like getting her to finally hire like another employee to niche into this section and that section. And then, because again, to your point, if it's all in your head, how am I supposed to offload this? How am I supposed to hand this off? How am I supposed to sell it? I mean, you got cool stuff like I know in your, uh, hold on, let me do some screen share. Your LinkedIn profile, like the, obviously that's a shot from the company mm -hmm. before you sold it, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah that's that? that, that over a dozen vans in that photo. Like, yeah, like over a dozen fleet. And I don't even know how many people are in that photo. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a whole, it's cut off there, but there's a whole second row of vans oh, behind there. Okay, this, about... this is just cropped for LinkedIn cover images, but yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. okay. And then that, this is the, this is them, right? All clean soft wash? Yeah, that's one of our sites. Yeah, yeah one of our sites. Go. Getallclean.com is another one. Okay, cool. Yeah. But I mean, so again, when your dad had it, <laughs> there was no dozen, two dozen, you know, fleet, right? No. Yeah. So, no, uh -uh. That's nope. a major and transformation. The amazing thing was, was actually while, while we were, uh, you know, building the company, while I was building it up, um, I kind of had my dad as an earpiece in the one side, like, what are you doing? Why are you building this so big? You know, there's, this is why I always kept it small was because, you know, things start getting out of control and, but you and, have um, systems to keep it in control. That's yeah. That's the key. That's the key is, and, and honestly, I didn't realize, I didn't know what I didn't know. I remember my first five-year plan that I had wrote down on paper, you know, while I was kind of pitching my dad, Hey, why don't I just buy the business? We'll grow it. My five-year projection was taking it from a hundred thousand dollars a year to like $260,000 a year over five, over five years. Okay. And that seemed really aggressive to my dad and even to myself looking at it. And now I kind of look back and almost chuckle because you know, when you're, when you're small and you're just getting started, you have a lot of self-limiting beliefs that kind of inhibit what you feel like is possible. Until oh, we, totally get in, we totally get in our right own ways. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's the six inches between your ears is your biggest bottleneck in your, in your business and in your life too. I think that's I mean, just I the lizard you brain. To be as, as you are, you yeah. gotta, you have to have some serious mental discipline. I yeah. know because I'm not that fit and <laughs> I don't have a lot of excellent discipline. Well, yeah, but again, that. that didn't come overnight either. That takes time. Um, I, I yeah. did a Facebook live yesterday. I, I got, I was traveling. I did almost a thousand miles of travel this week uh, across upstate New York for business, you know, B2B meetings I was handling for my client. Wow. And, uh, cause yeah, I still get out to the field. Like I don't just live behind the computer here at the nice, my nice little home studio and I like it. Um, but as soon as I got back, I'm driving back and I'm like, 
it's not raining in Pennsylvania. It's been like a monsoon the past two weeks. I'm like, I can get out and mountain bike. I need to train. And then, but then by the time I'm getting closer, it's like four hours I'm driving back. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want to go out riding now. And I was like, well, Scott, <laughs> you're always telling people it's about whether it's business or health, you got to put in the reps. And if I'm going to survive 100 miles in the wilderness of Pennsylvania on a mountain bike, and get, I have to get that race done in, in, in the same day. This isn't like a multi-day thing. Wow. So I was like, okay, dude, you need to get out. Even if it's just t- five, 10 miles on the trails, you got to get out. So sure, yeah, sure enough, I got home, fed the dog, and I was like, get out. I, I made sure I parked the car right in front of the garage and I, I opened up the bike rack on my roof. So I had to go out. <laughs> and it's like, mm. let's load the bike up, man. Let's get out. Let's get down to the park and let's go ride. And then I ended up turning into a nice 11 mile evening. Uh, but that's awesome. What I meant, the mental game was still challenging yesterday. Like I told myself I wanted to go ride, but by the time I got home, I'm like, well, it'd be nice to just chill and decompress. Right. You know, and it's like, well, you give yourself an out. I could decompress on the, on the bike. And I'm glad I did because there was, I did not come across one person on the trails. I had the whole park to myself. And I was like, you see, this is why you build the mental game, putting in those reps so you can get past your own internal BS, you know? Um, that's interesting. It's interesting how many parallels there are between those two things, yeah. because I, I did a, I did a video the other day on stamina and go. I was actually in the gym and you know, I look, I, I, but I was making the, the application, the marketing so many people, they'll, you know, send out 500 postcards and be like, nah, it didn't work. That's it. You know, tried that didn't work. You know, whereas it's like, okay, you have to a do it for a long period of time. You have to look at your messaging, your call to action, you know, everything that goes along with there, what, you know, what the timing of it was, mm-hmm. you have to keep trying it. You have to keep, you know, tweaking and adjusting things and you have to do it over the long term. Just like you go into the gym, you do, you know, you do some pumps and you're like, ow, ow, ow. And you go home and you're like, oh, I don't see any results. What's going on? I'm never going back to the gym again. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was for nothing. I, I, I tell people you can... It, what you're what you're connecting here on is um, like for example, when you built the company as big as you did, did you ev- eventually end up incorporating in a sales team? Yes. Oh, absolutely. That was that was pivotal. Where, pivotal was change. any of your salespeople have any kind of athletic background? Ooh, that's a good question. Did they play any sports? Uh, or in, in, even even when they were in kids in school, did they did you ever like get? It, I mean, because obviously you had to get to. I'm, I'm guessing you're the kind of guy who wanted to get to know his people. But did they yeah. like play play like high school sports or stuff like that? A couple of them did, yes. Okay. Yeah, were they them, were they your better performers? Yes. You know, it's interesting because mm. in our interview questions, actually for our technicians, uh, that's something that we that we really um, you know vetted people and asked them about. You know, hey, did you ever play any com- competitive sports? Uh, because that level of discipline that's involved with that, you know, showing up, doing the hard thing, um, you know, putting in the work, um, not being afraid of the hard work, and that repetitive you know nature of it yep. was really critical to our technician role. So you get and, it. Now that you mention it in the sales role, it was there too. Even more importantly, because I, I mean, I, I remember when I played baseball as a kid, my coach was a dick. I mean, just not a cool dude. And I was like, man, you are not. And, and like the son of the coach was like the star player of the team because he was the son. And I played better no. than him, but I wasn't, you know, I was like, it's like, who cares, man? Like I look back, I'm like, I'm glad I experienced that because that's just the universe. Like you're never going to win every single battle. You're never going to be the top person. You got to earn it. Okay. You got to put it's in true. the reps. You got to put in the time. And again, back to that mental game, especially in sales. This is the biggest thing I, I talk about when, it, when I ever talk about sales like we are right now. I always bring up the athlete. 
Because, yeah, I'm into health and fitness and I'm into doing crazy endurance sports because I have found some of the most powerful transformations from that. Um, I mean, I don't know if you how much you dug into the background, but the reason why fires in my logo is because I took a couple of years. I left the corporate world and I went out west and I served on one of the federal hotshot wild and firefighting crews, which is the elite. And everything I thought I knew, I was already 31, 32 got thrown right out the window. Like as soon as mm. I showed up, they're like, I don't care what my degree was in marketing and psychology. They're like, that means absolutely nothing to us. Um, your right. job is to take this tool, put your head down. And he's like, the one quote is we want to see asses and elbows. That means bend over and dig in the dirt and then, <laughs> and, and then hike for the next two miles doing that. And that's how we put in hand lines to control wildfire. He's like, wow. it doesn't matter what your education is. Your degree is this is pure blood, sweat, and tears for 16 hours a day two weeks straight before you get a day off. Like, holy crap. Like I, that was, now I'm making those connections. There we go. Now I'm making the connections, Scott, as to why you are the way you are. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I thought I was ready because <laughs> I, I had already done my first marathon in 2008. Yeah. So I was like, I use that in my job interview. I'm like, oh yeah, I can put in the reps. They even called me old. I was like, what? I'm 31. Like, yeah, dude, you're kind of old. We, we like the young, he's like, we're kind of like the military. We like the younger minds that we can break down and mold. Like, I feel like it's going to be harder yeah. to break you down. I was like, no, I'm pretty good at breaking myself down. So let's do this. Mm. Like, give me a shot. So I had to really sell him, uh, the superintendent on hiring me, but it was a life change. I have a book, uh, have a, my first book's going to be coming out. Uh, I already have, I'm in the editing phase now. It's going to be all about the hotshot life and what I learned. And I'm going to donate the That's proceeds incredible. to fallen firefighters. So Awesome. Man, yeah. I love it. Well, you it's about that legacy. That I don't know if you... I wanted to bring that up because I want to connect it back to you. It's like such an amazing story taking your father, even though he doesn't, he doesn't understand what you're doing. You're trying to build a, a system. You're trying to build the business into a legacy business that could, could be sold if you wanted to sell it. And you know, it's like, that takes time. It takes effort. It takes sweat. Like everything else we're doing. Like I never planned on writing a book. I never planned on having a podcast show. Uh, I mm. never planned on la launching my own marketing agency. Like I was in the corporate space for a while because I was chasing the money dreams, then the firefighting mm. and now entrepreneurship. So it's like, I didn't plan any of it. I mm -hmm. just busted my ass and then I at least listened and paid attention when, when shit came up and it's like, oh, let me dig into that. Maybe there's something there. So clearly you saw that with your dad's business, right? You like you saw something yeah. there. Yeah, I saw I saw well, first and foremost, I saw a way to be able to take care of my parents. Um, that was a big part of my why because they didn't have any retirement, any savings or anything set aside. There's my parents. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I'm with, with you. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah that's what I was saying. The backgrounds are similar there. So, um, you know, that was kind of my first primary why uh, was to be able to make sure that they were taken care of. But I also saw a lot of opportunity. I mean, the, you know, the service or, you know, the reputation, what it could be. Um, I remember even the first few people that I was hiring, I always sold the vision of, you know, hey, we're going to we're going to be the best company you've ever worked for. I mean, period, you know, even if you quit here and go pursue your dream job in the next, you know, two years, one year, whatever that looks like, you're going to look back on this and say, wow, that company was a company that cared about me the most and helped propel me to get my dream job. And you're always going to appreciate the time that you spent here. Like that was always my vision for what I wanted our culture to be like. I like that. And because people yeah, don't and realize was, you're going to move on in careers. It, it's it's, yeah, it's people inevitable. Don't, people don't grow up dreaming to be a window cleaner their whole <laughs> life. You know, I mean, it's like you kind of got to just take a look at it. And I tell people that during our during the interview process, I'd say, hey, look, there's two kind of people that they come here. Uh, the first person is they're not a dream job to be a window cleaner. It's not their it's not their mission, their purpose in life, and it's not their passion in life. Um, maybe you want to do something else, and we want to 
be able to get you, you know help you get that. So we would offer people you know free memberships to Lynda.com. We had a whole business book library that they could check out. How to win friends and influence people. Nice uh, classic. The, I mean, you know, it, leaders eat last. Start with why. Um, you know, we just had a huge business book library. And if someone said they wanted to be a graphic designer and that was their dream job, you know, they wanted to pursue art and that, we say, awesome. Here's some courses. We're going to check in with you, make sure that you're progressing towards that goal. And when we flipped that and started investing in our people first, that's when the whole dynamic changed. And then we started having like a sea of applicants wanting to come in and work for us just from referrals because it was that way. And then people, even though they were only planning on being, you know, at all clean for a year, maybe two years, uh, they gave it everything they had while they were here because they felt you're giving them a platform. That's yeah. And I, yeah. I look at that in, in, in business too. Uh, I, I just launched a, my first 501c3 It's called fuel foundations. So everything is fuel cool. with me, but the point is exactly what you're talking about. I want fuel foundations and it's still unfolding. I literally just got the paperwork two weeks ago back from the IRS. So awesome, it's, like, yeah. it's fresh. There's Love not it. even a logo yet. Um, but it's, it's building a platform. It's building uh, some stability to build bigger things off of. And it might take five, 10 years. I don't know. Like the, the book, the proceeds will go to fuel that foundation. That foundation is I've already earmarked, uh, the local mountain biking park that I organize volunteers to take care of. Cause I'm a huge mountain biker. That's already going to fall under the foundation because the County's not supporting enough. So now my foundation is going to help do that. Cause I already pay for it out of pocket. <laughs> so it's like, can I at That's least, cool, let me at least build a brand for the park. <laughs> you know, I'm going to build a logo. That's We're going to awesome. get shirts and hats done. And that way people feel more connected to the park you know, they're tied yeah. together into it. And then, it, and Love they also it. feel good about donating because it's a 501c3. It's a win-win. Yeah. But it's like, can That's I build really cool. a 501c3 to build a foundation, ergo fuel foundations to help other charities and other organizations? Cause not everybody has gone through the reps or knows even how to get a 501c3. I could just be helping other people launch 501c3s with this, whatever. I mean, I don't know yet. Right. right? right. But to your point, it's like, you got to put these systems in place. You have to put the the platforms in place. You have to give people a place to go to. Like you knew that these people are going to have an average of one, one to two years. I want to mm -hmm. make sure that when they leave, that people talk so great about your company that you might, you're literally creating employment marketing because you have word of mouth. Cause then people start asking like, Oh, you oh, used yeah. to work there too. Yeah. You know, I, was, I, I could, I could really use a solid job that I can count on. I'm willing to work hard. It sounds like it's great to work there. And they're like, yeah, and they helped me get here. Or yeah, they helped me get there. I think it's genius. You know, it's it's interesting. When I when I first made the connection that um, a lot of businesses, including my own, spend a lot of time thinking about, okay, who's my customer avatar? What do they care about? How am I going to offer that? You know, how am I going to, you know, have, they focus so much on their, their marketing message of what makes them better than all their competitors as far as like cleaning thing or, you know, landscaping thing or the plumbing thing. Like they, they know that. And they spend a lot of time and energy and effort into that. But with your employees, it's the exact same game. You're marketing to internal customers and it's a marketing game. But then not only is it a marketing game, just like with your external customers, you have to actually deliver the things that you say makes you awesome. And too many people, they look at it in a very different way. They say, well, you should just be lucky to have a job. You know, I, I, I pay your paycheck, you know, this is what you get. All and very, negative very negative it's statements. Very negative statements. It's such a cop out, and it's right. and it's why there's so many people that are now blaming millennials and you know the generation. Oh, this generation doesn't want to work. It's like, no, you don't know how to lead. No. You don't know how to invest into people first and 
and understand that what people crave is appreciation and being able to make an impact and, you know, recognizing them for their efforts. I think that's what a lot of companies are missing the boat on. I've, again, yeah. millennials are part of this target audience. I'm glad you brought this up. It's, and, 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 and there are millennials that need to figure this out too. It's a two-way street. It's not just the company owners, even though I do talk to this and I've actually spoken on stage about this in, in, in events. I'm like, guys, like, and I clap my hands because I'm like, I have to control myself. I'm like, um, <laughs> as owners, you have to lead by example. And yeah. employees that are 18 to 19 years old, dude, I had three jobs like most of my life. Like once I left you know, once I went back to school, did my marketing psychology as an adult student, I was working two jobs and I was making, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I never knew not to work more than one job. Even though I had a career job making like 70 K a year, I was still mm -hmm. bartending on the side. Cause I just, mm -hmm. I don't know. I was single a lot, <laughs> I had a lot of free time. Uh, but the point is, is like, okay, I, I, you know, I leave the jobs and I, and the firefighting was the only thing I had to do. It was weird. Like I have one thing mm -hmm. to do. This is weird. Um, mm -hmm. but like I, I had to put the work in. And I had to earn the respect of the crew. But I, I felt, wait a minute, this will be something for the first time in my life that I have purpose, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm serving public. That's why I did that. But then I realized after two years, I'm like, you know, I meant to do something more. I meant to reach more people. There's something else out there. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to be a career firefighter. And I was already considered old anyway, but <laughs> right, in yeah. my 30s. They, they made sure that was really clear. <laughs> so, so the point here, though, is that with millennials, I tell owners that too. I'm like, guys, like, People are just looking to ha have alignment with purpose. And yes, you have to also help them understand that you know that they're not always going to be here forever. You don't sit mm -hmm. there and hold them with shackles and handcuffs. But then back to the millennials, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you're hearing this and you're a millennial, I respect you because you're the next huge generation. But you also had the responsibility to still bust your ass, okay? Because right. there's a lot of people that are seeing all these online companies right now. I'm going to get on my soapbox. I want to hear how you're going to chime in on this because you guys help people automate, grow, sell. And I'm sure that involves online businesses too. And it's like, guys, uh, you got to understand the business before you can crush it online. So you can't just assume that I'm just not going to go work at a window washing company uh, or house cleaning service uh, to, to, to pay my bills. You can't crash in your mommy, daddy's basement forever and just expect to launch an online genius company. I'm sorry. That's like right. the less than 1% of the population. Brandon, I don't know how you want to chime in on that one. <laughs> you know, I think, I think that, um, Frankly, it all comes down to relationships. Mm -hmm. And this is on the side of the owners and the entrepreneurs and the employers and the employees. So employers need to understand that a relationship starts with you putting your foot forward and saying, hey, what do you need? How can I serve you? What, you know, what can you do? One of my favorite quotes is from Zig Ziglar. that says, you can have anything you want in your life if you help enough other people get what it is that they want in their well life. Said. Like well that, said. that kind of others mentality is so critical as an employer. Now, as an employee, if you're a millennial, first off, it's tough. It's mm -hmm. tough being a millennial because you live in an age and we all live in an age now to where the average human attention span, I think it just dropped from goldfish status down to like sub three seconds now. It's, it's gotten bad. Yeah, It's below goldfish. I know that. It was goldfish and that was bad. It's gotten worse. People are used to instant, instantaneous results, instantaneous this relationships don't happen that way. And I think that's, especially with social media and this whole new world that people are growing up in, uh, relationships feel like they can be instant because you can friend someone and now you're friends. Yeah. But relationships and career progress happens together. Mm -hmm. So when you start forming relationships with your employer and your coworkers and your you know customers and your vendors and your suppliers, and you start to integrate yourself more, 
real relationships, they take time yeah. period. And it's, you, you can't shortcut that. And so, you know, focusing on that part of it and understanding that, I mean, I've seen too many resumes. Oh my gosh, Scott, where it's just like three months of this location, two months of this location, one month of this location, six months of this location. And I was like six months. Wow. You know, but then here's it, the thing is six months bad. If, if they left a lasting bad. impression with that manager or that business owner to the point where they actually are giving them a glowing recommendation, that could be something to be seen a little bit differently, but it's still a very young relationship. Like, are you still connected with these people? Like I'm a very big person nowadays. I, I spent years. You're going to appreciate this networking versus connecting. What are, what are your thoughts? I was Mr. I am a networker. I don't like it anymore. I, I do believe in the power sure. of your network, so to speak. But are you graduating into true connection? And that's what lasts in these relationships. So I'm intrigued yeah. to see how you're going to take that. You know, I like the differentiation that you bring between the two because that is way more impactful on the connection side of things than the networking side of things. Networking, to me, I always envision okay, I need to get my business card out to as many humans as possible so that they know I that I exist. I and that can't I can't stand it. Yeah. No, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, I, and in fact, you hate going to actual networking events with those people mm-hmm. where they're like, hi, uh, my name is so-and-so and I do insurance and I'm here for all your insurance needs. And you're well, like, you oh. have a, a, back in 2017, you won like a small business person of the year, right? The SBA. Yes. Yeah. So in Oregon. So you've definitely been to, I'm sure the, uh, the local, um, yeah. Chamber of Commerce of things. Mm-hmm. That's all everybody does. And I won't, go, it, I, I haven't you know, gone to them in years. Most, <laughs> my biggest pet peeve with those things, and I always, I like groan so bad, is we used to have at one of our uh, trade show or um, uh, our networking events uh, where we'd have our, uh, you know, chamber events, everyone would get, get together. And if you gave something away of value, then you got to like go up on stage, you know, and talk to everyone for, you know, 60 seconds. And the, the thing that I hated is when people gave away a coffee meeting. So they're like, Hey, yeah, you get to come have coffee with me. Congratulations. And it's like an insurance agent that wants to take you to coffee. And it's like, I still have people trying to invite me out for a coffee meeting to this day. And I'm like, guys, yeah, that'll be a hundred dollars. They're like, I'm sorry. What do you mean? I'm like, I will not sit down for a cup of coffee for anything less than a hundred dollars. And that's, that needs to go up. I'm just being nice. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, my time. I was like, there's a bare minimum <laughs> cutoff. I was like, hundred dollars. That's been that way for. It's been set that way for a while. Like, really, it's more like five hundred now. I know what my time is worth. Like, know what your time is worth. Like, you're asking me to come sit down with you, and I didn't even. I barely even know you. Like, well, that's the right. point of the coffee. We're gonna get to know each other. Because like, you know I, what's up. I was like, I'm you, married, you know dude. I don't need to date you. Okay. <laughs> like, I got a wife. I don't. I don't. Right. I don't need a secondary bro. Like, I got best friends. I have amazing friendship circles. I'm well connected. So, like, yeah, bro. Sorry, I don't. I don't do the coffee thing. Sorry. Connections. <laughs> connections happen happen when you focus on giving value first. Yep. And um, one of my favorite quotes. I think it actually maybe Gary V. I don't know who originated it, but it's an old principle: give, 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 ask. And what he refers to yeah, it is jab, that's from jab, his jab, 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 right hook. Uh, yeah, right here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Jab, 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 right here. It's in my library. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just, I mean, that, that is, that is like the essence of connecting with, with others. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, we're, we're talking about the golden rule here. I mean, this, this principle has been around for thousands upon thousands of years. It's just that people forget how to connect with others. They just forget. Well, and, and again, it, let's I, go back to repetition. You talk about connecting, right? And obviously your guys' brand automate, grow, sell, automate, grow, sell.com, ladies and gentlemen. But 
what I just did there was right. Hey, I've now I've now mentioned your brand probably at least four to five times in the show. I try and keep track of that, whether it's a domain name or the brand name, right? It's repetition. I'm not trying to sell people because I'm not being paid by you. It's just I'm a sales and marketing professional. And I'll give you an example. Uh, a buddy of mine from the UK was on Facebook Live earlier today. Uh, Mark Asquith, he's the co-founder with John Lee Dumas of podcastwebsites.com. My entire site is built on their system. I launched my show on that because... I knew what my time was worth, and I didn't want to sit there and study how to do editing software. I've had a VA doing my podcast editing. I don't know how to. I don't know how to edit my show. I don't. I've never done it because I'm an executive in my business. I don't want Systems. to deal with that. Right. That's right. It's like, dude, mindset. People yep. are like you don't. You should at least know how to do that. I'm like, no, because I can just find mm -hmm. another person to go do it if they leave. And I've changed editors three times in three years, so like, I'm good. I can find another person. Not worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The point here is the connecting and the re repetition, right? So the point of Mark's show was like, he's like, because he's spoken at, at uh, he and I have spoken at the same podcasting conference. I'll be back there again this year speaking. Um, he talks more about podcasting and marketing. I talk about healthy lifestyle balance. That's what people know me for. So, but the point is, is that repetition, right? So he was talking about how people get upset because they, they message him about, oh, please go listen to my show and share it because you have a good following. And he's right. like- I don't know who the hell you are. So just because right. I'm in the podcasting space, you expect me to show you love and go listen to your show. He's like, yeah, marketing 101, <laughs> expect at least seven connections. He's mm -hmm. like, you can't just put me on your email list. And after one email, expect me to love you. If I even right. put myself on your list, he's like, don't be a spammer, <laughs> which I loved. But it's like, the, we're going back to what you said earlier in the show, probably about 20 minutes ago. It was, this is about sales 101, marketing 101, connecting. You can't send out one blast of, of mailer cards and then give up. That's only mm -hmm. one contact point. You got mm -hmm. physical face-to-face, -face, the, the boots on the ground going up to the front door. Maybe you're cleaning the house next door. Maybe the person is trained to stop by and just drop off a flyer. There's a face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. You got the mailer yeah. cards. You have email lists. You have website touch points. You have social media touch points. The average yeah. sales process, I actually you don't even say seven. I say it's really more like 10 to 12. But that depends oh, on the industry. It's so noisy. It's, yeah. it's definitely more than seven now. It's too yeah. much Too much coming at people. Well, back to your point, uh, the attention span, three seconds. Mm -hmm. Like you guys, right. this is the point of automation, ladies and gentlemen. That's why he's on the show here today. I wanted to geek out about this because that's why you need to automate. Not just mm -hmm. operationally in your business, but I'm not saying turn your business into a robot. You still have to have a finger on your pulse. But some of this stuff has to become automated. You got to have an email. I mean, if you do not have an email list nowadays, holy crap, what are you doing? That is your captive right. audience. Social media will constantly change. Facebook is a pay-to-play platform. Instagram is becoming a pay-to-play platform because Facebook owns it. Even LinkedIn has gotten harder to get exposure on your posts now. I mean, Twitter, yeah. don't even get me going on that. <laughs> right. I mean, right. what are your thoughts on all this? What are we talking about right now? It's all about contact, connection, following through, not giving up, getting past that three-second attention span, the goldfish perspective. I, I love it. Let's go deeper. I just, I think it all comes down to just giving massive value, provide value first. I've seen too many times when people say, well, how many times is follow-up too much? Like, you know, if I, if I keep following up with a customer, you know, they're going to get annoyed. They're going to do this. It's like, it has nothing to do with the number of times that you contact somebody. It has to do with how much value you're giving to them mm -hmm. every time you follow up. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we did in our business was, you know, rather than just, you know, being like, Hey, 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 you ready to buy yet? Hey, you ready to buy yet? Hey, I gave, sent you this quote yesterday. You ready to buy yet? No. Like rather than that being your follow-up sequence, 
um, like in our business, we would say, um, you know, Hey, here's, here's an awesome cleaning uh, hack on how to, you know, clean your refrigerator in an eco-friendly way. Nothing nice. that we did or offered as a service, or here's a free uh, house health snapshot report where, or a maintenance schedule on, you know, exact timing to take care of all your maintenance needs from top to bottom, including a whole bunch of things that we never sold, um, you know, just as a value add. Well, they start seeing and you as a resource. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they see that you care. Yeah. I mean, and if you, I mean, I think, I think the same, I heard uh, someone at the ClickFunnels event that talked about this, where they talked about your marketing follow-up and your email sequences uh, being kind of likened to the guy who's the pickup artist at the bar <laughs> and, you know, the different, the different guys who's like always got the, you know, the cheesy line or someone who's like the boyfriend material. And I like, and it. I like it. it made me chuckle because it, it does come down to that, comes yeah. down to you know, how much value can you give back? Yeah, it's not just on me. Uh, buy me a drink. The the wine and dine doesn't work, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Uh, all right. I mean, Brandon and I are both married, so we might have a little bit of a clue here. Uh, and I was a bachelor for many years. I'm now 41. I didn't get married until March of this year for St. Patty's Day. So, um, I am. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was a St. Patty's Day uh, engagement then, yeah. No, that was or the marriage. That was the wedding day. Oh, that was that was a wedding. wedding okay, I'm sorry. No, I'm no, sorry. no, no. Yeah, sorry. Time no, we, we did a. Uh, you'll again now, now that you understand me. Uh, we did a adventure wedding in the Canadian Rockies of Canada, and it was uh, oh, dude. it was a heli skiing themed wedding. So oh man, it's all about helicopters and skiing in the backcountry, baby. So why didn't we why didn't we know each other back then? I could have been I could have been uh, an extra groomsman for you and heli ski with you. No, I'm, no I'm groomsman. All- no groomsmen no groom. either. No. I'm like, yo, boys. That's okay. I was I like, tag along anyways. It's fine. I that was the up. point. It's like, dude, if you have the cojones, show up. That's it. Love it. It's like, that's really cool. You could ski, you could snowboard. We don't care. It's There's snow and mountains and, and epic beauty. Oh, and we're going to throw some rings on some fingers. So that's you know. awesome. Sounds like you got a catch there, man. That's pretty cool. <sighs> yeah. Uh, she's way smarter than me. Uh, yeah. She's an uh, equine, uh, equestrian, uh, vet, veterinary doctor. And doctor, wow. pro, doctor of chiropractic, animal chiropractic. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, let's put her in. Love it. Love <laughs> it. And heli ski. Can't get any better than that. No, I mean, she grew up ski racing and I spent 11 years as a ski race coach. Uh, and she loves to brag that she can ski better than me. And I was like, that's, that's why I was the coach. You're the racer. You get coached. Coaches coach. So oh, the racers, nice. are, the racers should be out skiing their coaches. So she's like, nice. you can keep telling yourself that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sounds convincing. Yeah. Um, but, well, I mean, listen, I actually want to throw some screen sharing back in because we are pretty much coming. How are you, you got a couple minutes yet? Because we're at the end of your time yeah, slot. Man, good. Right. I, I, could, I could geek out with systems and rabbit hole like this all I day know. long. Well, what I love <laughs> here is that you guys are eating your own eggs and bacon we'll go with, right? So, there you go. You know, fat as fuel, people. Fat as fuel. So, <laughs> you got courses. There you go. Yeah. Okay. You can sit there and speak all you want, but if you just recorded what you know, you could then package it as an online course. Now, is that what most of these are that I'm screen sharing right now? Are these all been automated or are these more just like time, like people just buy these and then they come to a physical course? Like what, what's going on with these? Yeah, these are all self-study courses. We, cool. our, our business, it primarily serves, actually exclusively serves home services businesses. So, okay. you know, the cleaning companies, the pest control, the landscapers, anyone who's doing. Oh, like I, I have a, uh, I have a house cleaning service. Well, there you go. Send them here. So, yeah. you know, that's, uh, that's what we do. Best and then thing we also, ever. We have, um, we also have a, uh, a course that's, or a, a program that's called uh, Conquer, and that's at agsconquer.com. Oh, let's check and, that out. Uh, I didn't know about that. that. AGS. 
agsconquer.com. Q-U-E-R. Yeah. There you go. .com. And this is, um, this is our, our higher level mastermind group, um, that we have, we have over 13 certified coaches. Um, and we have, you know, it's just, it's all about accountability and community and clarity. And that's, uh, this is kind of our, 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 our big, big mega, big mega program that we have for, for service business owners. Well, and great job on the branding and logo because you got campfire on here. You got a mountain on here. You got a compass on here. Uh, All about that outdoor life, dude, man. You, 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 I'm dialed in with you, man. I love it. I love it. But you're, you are right. Like my my cleaning service, um, she doesn't really have a system. I mean, she's an amazing woman. I think I think she's from Guatemala. Um, but my 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 wife's uh, family has a very successful construction company. So when they get done like remodeling a high end hotel, they, they actually bring her in and she mm-hmm. with one of her, I don't know if it's a family member or you want to call them an employee. They come in and, you know, clean up the property. Uh, they clean our house, they clean his house, they clean now my client's office and her house. So I've given her some business, but it's always right. the same people. I'm like, there's no, like there's a limit. You can only exchange your time for money so many times and then you don't have any more capacity. Or you're burning your you're burning it you're burning yourself out. Yeah, we have uh, actually one of our one of our conquer coaches. Uh, her name is Elena Ledeau, and she grew her maid service company from zero to a hundred thousand dollars in two years. Uh, I'm sorry, hundred thousand dollars a month. Hundred thousand dollars a month in two years. There she you go, people. The, Six figures a month, people. Do yeah, she won the uh, the woman or the entrepreneur of the year award for. Um, uh, you know, the, the small business administration and she just won so many amazing awards. And, uh, that's exactly what she teaches. She teaches people how to automate and grow their, uh, maid service companies. And she's an incredible coach. I mean, her wealth of knowledge that she has on automation and systems is incredible. Her website's incredible. People can book online instantly and it's just so convenient. And, uh, she's the highest rated, uh, maid service company in all of Nevada in wow. two years, just unbelievable. That's a pretty good uh, statement because you don't need to go nationwide, right? You just need to crush a state. Yeah. And if you're crushing a state, I think you might be doing something right. <laughs> that's so, right. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's not, a, that's not a bad problem to have if you're doing six figures a month. So, Right. right. But again, in order right. to do six figures, you either have some really big fat clients, you only do five jobs and that's it, or you've got one heck of a system going. It's all in the system. It's all in the system. You have to, you have to be able to, you know, make it to where any, any new employee can come in, get up to speed as quickly as possible without you as the owner and to be able to deliver consistent people crave consistency. Have you ever been to that restaurant where it's like the first meal was incredible. You tell all your family and friends, you tell everyone. And then someone's like, yeah, it wasn't that great. And then you go back again and and it wasn't that great. And you're like, I'm never coming back here again. You people can't deliver that, that same consistency every time. And people don't want to, here's the thing. When you find those restaurants, then those people for some reason also get frustrated because you're paying more. I'm like, you're paying for quality. That's so right. Yeah. I, I like going to those restaurants because I know what I'm going to get. Those are usually right. the nicer restaurants. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say you have to be all high dollar, but more often than not, I've seen the ones that are succeeding and they're still going and they kind of slightly reinvent themselves every couple of years to freshen it up. They, they've, they got it, man. They've got a good system. And there's probably multiple properties, too. they probably got multiple restaurants going. Uh, actually, at that Growth Now movement I was telling you about, uh, the famous chef Fabio Viviani was a speaker there. And oh, cool. I, I had no idea. Like Last time I saw that dude, he was on one of those competing chef shows on the Food Network. And I knew he was from Jersey, but next uh, he's speaking, and he's like, oh, yeah. And, and then 
my buddy who runs the you know, Growth Now Movement, he's like, he's like, oh, so so why don't you tell everybody what your your company's grossing now annually? And he's like, ah, oh, we're approaching like three hundred and fifty million. And I was like, oh my gosh, how the hell the is chef. a chef doing that? And he's like, systems. And I'm like, yeah. there you go. He's like, listen, he's like, I came to this country and I couldn't speak a word of English. He's like, but I had mm. money because. I learned the restaurant industry and the restaurant, I became a part owner in Italy. And then the guy sold it out from underneath me and I thought it was bad, but he hands me this check and it had a lot of zeros on it. And he said, well, here's, here's the check. He's like, well, that's great for you. He's like, but where's, he's like, what do I get out of this? He's like, no, 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 this is your portion as the owner. And you know, he basically shit himself. He's like, dear God, what am I gonna do with all this money? He's like, well, I've always wanted to go to Canada. I mean, I always want to go to the USA and start my own dream. So he had hmm. money and, but he, thanks to all the systems and protocols he learned in Italy, he got his first restaurant going, and then he started building systems. Now he owns like 30 restaurants, uh, and they're wow. about to open their first two hotels. Like he's opening his own hotels now. So his wow. goal, I'm like, dude, the guy's crushing it. So I had no idea he was at that level. But the biggest thing he spoke about on stage, systems, just like you're saying. Yeah. You got yeah, you to you find what works. You got to scale it. You got to train it. You got to make sure it's re- replicatable, easily manageable. And he's like, now he, that's one of his services. He now will actually go into other restaurants and teach him his system. He's like, I don't need to buy your restaurant. You can hire me. You know, it's going to be thousands of dollars, but I will come in and teach you what we know because we've proven it. <laughs> so that's really cool. Yeah. I figured you'd appreciate that to tie it all together because it's like, hey, man, you got, uh, there's a guy right there. He took it from one restaurant with not even speaking a lick of English to, many more. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't matter what size, what size of business you want. I mean, your why may not be to build a multi-million dollar or billion dollar. It wasn't know, his either. He's, he actually said, he's like, one of the reasons why he did it is he's mm-hmm. like, now he's like, it's value of lifestyle. He's like, I want to be able to go spend time with my kids. I want to go, if I want to go take a month off to go with my wife, I can. That was something else he brought up there, which I really appreciate because I'm a big lifestyle guy. He's like, if I want to unplug for a month, and go build a castle in Italy because that's one of his goals right now. He wants to go build a castle <laughs> because he's like, you know, we're not supposed to have castles. He's like, only the Germans had castles in Italy. So he's like, he's literally looking at property and wants to go build a freaking castle. <laughs> I'm like, well, you fi- <laughs> you financially could. So right. uh, that's become one of his new dreams. But he said, I want the freedom. There's your key word, freedom, right? To do yeah. this. Yeah. And that's what everything is you guys I'm hearing are teaching. It's going to take some time, but you need a system. Yeah. Love it. Love the systems. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been a great podcast. I hope you had some fun. Um, yeah, man. I had a blast. I, I always had some fun. And uh, I like digging into some of the skinny, as you could tell, behind the scenes, what's going on, where you come from. I love the story of your pops. Uh, I, I'm always working on my pops, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> Keep working on it. Keep working uh, on it. I don't it. give up. I, you, know, you, you love your family. You got to pick your battles, but I agree with you. I care a lot about what it. what is the system that's going to support them. It's probably much. It's probably going to fall on my system and my brother's system. So probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> possibly. Well, listen, I always like to have my guest co-hosts help close the show out. So you and 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 Mr. Latimer got a lot going on, but you as a as yourself, Brandon, our guest co-host, is there kind of like an all-encompassing message that you want to leave behind for the audience here, like a final note or something? Because obviously, you've learned a lot helping your father and then eventually selling the company now partnering up on something bigger, a bigger legacy happening here. Is there something that you want to, you want to leave behind for people hearing this that might, if they forget everything else we've already shared today, <laughs> it's like, Hey, you know, I remember that one final thing that Brandon wanted to share with us. 
Yeah. I'd say just get started. Just do it. Execute. Um, too often people say, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. They listen to this podcast. I don't know how many episodes they've listened to, but if you're one of those guys or gals that have listened to all these episodes and you're still kind of in the same rut or same position you're in right now, stop lying. Stop lying to yourself. I say, don't lie. Don't lack in execution. Just, just do it. If you, if you're like, oh yeah, man, I got to set aside the time to do the systems. You don't. The next time that you're actually doing a process or doing a thing, just video document it. Give, give an employee your cell phone and say, hey, record me saying this while I'm training you. Or hit record on the screen software and, you know, screen, screen recording software and just record it and just start document. Just start. Just start executing and getting it done. Because unless you take that first step, it just won't happen. And the biggest gap that I see with entrepreneurs is between knowing what they need to do and executing. So just do it. Just execute. There you go, people. Just do it. That little Nike just, sponsorship. I love it. <laughs> yeah. well, Hank Tao, I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, he's dropped a lot of knowledge bombs today. And we've talked a lot about this stuff across many different shows. So that's the point of you guys subscribing is you never know how it's going to come across in a different way. That's why I keep trying to find new guest co-hosts. I haven't repeated many, many people. So I love what Brandon shared with you guys today. But a lot of this is about taking massive action because you have to start making mistakes. That's how you're going to learn the right things to keep, the right things to repeat, and as he just hinted, the right things to record. And that's one of the reasons why back on episode 51, as we approached 300, I started recording everything on video, and that's why it's on the YouTube channel, because people learn audio, people learn video, and this is evergreen content, people. The podcast will always be up, just like the videos will always be up. So maybe do that for your own business as well. I use Zoom. You can use some other software, but I highly recommend zoom.us. Try it out. It might just work for you. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. Remember, check them out, automategrowsell.com. And uh, actually, the, the second site that got tossed in today, go check out agsconquer.com if you want to become a conqueror. And uh, maybe we'll help you uh, maybe spin that business around to a whole different level. Maybe we'll pull out a little Fabio Viviana style and uh, start hitting like a half a billion. Uh, but it takes time. Got to put in the reps, people. So thanks for hanging out for another Live the Fuel show. Again, you too can live the fuel. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.